Today's reading is taken from Daniel chapter 2. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he couldn't sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king, May the king live forever. Tell your servants a dream and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honour. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more they replied, Let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I'm certain you are trying to gain time because you realise that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is only one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, There is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men in Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Ariok, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, Why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Ariok then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time, so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hanai, Michel and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God for ever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises them up. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. 
He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Arioch took Daniel to the king at once and said, I found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what the dream means. The king asked Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come. And the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. Your majesty looked, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream and now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will arise, inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, 
so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes are partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yes, it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes are partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixed with clay. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron the bronze, the clay, the silver and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honour and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, chief ministers over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. You don't have to get to know me for too long before you realise that I am a big fan of shredders. I absolutely love them. And uh, usually I will eat these. They're supermarket-owned brand shredders. These ones are from Asda. I've got an Asda just a, a five-minute walk away from me. It's so convenient. But from time to time when I go in there, it gets exciting. Because I discover these real shredders, Nestle shredders, are on offer. And this happened to me just over a week ago. Great day. Because those are the king of shredders. They're, they're, they are so good. Supermarket shredders, they're okay. They taste a bit like shredders. They look a bit like shredders. They even smell a bit like shredders. But they're not the real deal. Tonight, we're looking at Daniel chapter 2. And in this passage, we have two people who are part of two different kingdoms. They both look like they're in the same kingdom the kingdom of Babylon but they're not as we'll see so to help us through Daniel chapter 2 it's a, it's a big passage to help us through we've got two uh, little headings for us first two people and then secondly two kingdoms uh, and the first is two people and the first of those people is King Nebuchadnezzar and we see him at the start of this chapter and he's a he's a great ruler He's got a great kingdom. 
he should be absolutely loving life. It seems like he's got it all. He's got power, he's got fame, he's got money, he's got people to do his bidding, he's got a great big palace. If he was alive today and he had Instagram, I reckon he'd have millions, maybe billions of followers on that. Because this is a great king. Verse 37, Daniel describes him as the king of kings. And yet, as chapter 2 begins, we see that he's become deeply troubled. He's restless because of a bad dream that he's had one night. This powerful king, he can't control his dreams and he just can't get to sleep. He's restless, a restless king. And so he summons people uh, from his kingdom to him. He he summons them in verse 2. They are magicians, enchanters, sorcerers and astrologers. He summons them to him. And he says to them in verse 3, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. You see, as king, he's used to saying what he wants and getting it. And he wants the answer to what this dream means. But he's playing difficult. He's stubborn. He won't tell anyone his dream. It's a bit like if you were playing a game of Ice Spy. And someone said, I don't know, I spy with my little eye, something beginning with A. And you're looking around and you're trying to guess things that you think begin with begin with A. And you just can't get it. And you ask for a clue, but they're not giving you anything. And then it turns out it's something like air, which you can't even see anyway. Why would you choose that? Well, it's a bit like this with this king, like... They they could guess what on earth he's dreamt and make up some meaning for it, uh, but they're not coming up with the right answer. And this king is getting rather impatient. He's a restless king, and he becomes rash. You see, in verse 5, he, he says to the astrologers, this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses will be turned into piles of rubble. If they don't come up with the answer, they will face the job. He's acting like a tyrant. Tell me what it means or you'll die. He's a restless king. And so in verse 10, the astrologers uh, say to the king how uh, impossible this situation is. They say there is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. It's an impossible situation. That's what the astrologers are saying. Is It is ludicrous. The only way we could tell you is if the gods came down to tell us. But they don't live among humans, so that can't happen. So there's no hope. We're in an impossible situation and we're going to lose our lives. King Nebuchadnezzar. He's a great ruler with a great kingdom. He has everything he could ever want, and yet he's a restless king after this bad dream. You see, he's a king who's concerned for himself and his own glory and his own kingdom. He's a restless king. 
Uh, and the astrologers around him, they're panicking. <laughs> they could lose these, his, their lives because they can't come up with the answer to this dream. Two people, King Nebuchadnezzar. The second person, Daniel. See, Daniel's uh, altogether different. See, the astrologers are panicking. The king is restless. And then Daniel hears about it in verse 14. This guy Ariok comes to him and explains the situation. And it says that Daniel deals with it with wisdom and tact. He, he, he's wise and sensitive in, in the way that he deals with it. He, he remains calm amidst the panic of the world around him. And verse 16 says, At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for some time so that he might interpret the dream fit. He calmly and confidently goes before the king who's threatening to chop his head off uh, and to ask him for a bit more time. And his calmness and his confidence, they come from God. See, chapter 1, verse 17. We looked at chapter 1, the beginning of this book last week. And we see there how much God is in control of, the, of Daniel's life and situation. You see, it's it's God who is the king of kings, the king of Nebuchadnezzar, and it's this God that Daniel serves. And he gets his confidence from him. And it says in chapter 1, verse 17, of Daniel and his friends, To these young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. You see, God gave this special gift to Daniel, the knowledge of visions and dreams. And so Daniel goes away, after he asks the king for more time, and prays. He organises a prayer meeting with his friends. Unlike the astrologers who couldn't go to their gods because they're not going to come down and help them, Daniel knows that he can ask his God, the God of heaven, the King of kings, the one true God, to reveal Nebuchadnezzar's dream to him. And sure enough, God does. Verse 19 says, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. He goes to bed and God graciously reveals the dream to him. If the astrologers found out uh, what the dream was, uh, they, they would have rushed to the king and told him straight away, like their lives depending on it. But Daniel doesn't do that. He has different priorities. He, he's not serving King Nebuchadnezzar in the same way that these guys are. No, he's serving the king of kings, God, the king of heaven. And so Daniel goes to God in prayer. And praises God for giving him the answer, for revealing the mystery to him. Daniel's a follower of the king who reveals even hidden things. Not only is Daniel living differently from others in the world around him, he goes to the king boldly in verse 28. Uh, uh, he says, look, there is a God in heaven. A God who is king above you and he reveals mysteries. Daniel is living in Babylon. He is under the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar. 
But King Nebuchadnezzar is a bit like my supermarket owned Branson. He looks a bit like a king. He 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 is a king. He has a kingdom, but it's not the real deal. You see, Daniel knows that the Lord is king. Just like these real shredders are, are the king of shredders. Daniel knows that God is the true king who reigns over all. And so Daniel acts differently from the rashness and panic and restlessness of the astrologers and King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel is calm. Because he has a calm assurance that God is with him. And that he can seek God in prayer and trust him. Even when uh, the world around him and this situation seems impossible. He is like that because the Lord is king. A great Christian of the past once said, his name was Augustine. He said about the human heart that it is restless until it finds its rest in God. And that describes King Nebuchadnezzar. His heart was restless. He was trying to find his rest in himself, but he did not get it. But Daniel found his rest in God. Even in this impossible situation that he found himself in. And you know what? We're living in a time which just seems like it's an impossible situation. This time of COVID-19. Where there is restlessness in so many people. People anxious about the future of our world. But we don't need to panic like the rest of the world around us. We can, like Daniel, find our rest in God. See, in verse 21, Daniel, in his prayer, says, You God, you change time and times and seasons. You depose kings and raise others up. God is the king who changes times and seasons. He, he rose uh, Nebuchadnezzar up as king. He sent Nebuchadnezzar this dream. God knew before we did that would be in this time of COVID-19. And he knows hidden things, even knows when this time of pandemic will end. And so we can, if we're following God, the true king, we can be like Daniel and live in the calm assurance as we trust in our God, the king of kings. So two people, King Nebuchadnezzar, who becomes restless because of a bad dream, and Daniel, who's found his rest in God, the king of kings. And next we see two kingdoms. You see, finally in a moment, we're going to get the big reveal of what this dream means. And talking of dreams, if you go to dreammoods.com, you can find all sorts of things that could ever be dreamt about. Like, everything under the sun is there. If you dream about a bagel, you know, those round bits of bread with a hole in the middle, it means apparently that there's something missing in your life. If you dream about a hairdryer, it means you need to clear your thoughts and get a fresh perspective on things. I'm not sure how significant many of our dreams are, but King Nebuchadnezzar's really is. And we finally get the details about it. And in verse 29, Daniel says that it's come from God, the revealer of mysteries. 
It is a glimpse into the future for Nebuchadnezzar and this world. And it describes to us two kingdoms. The first is the kingdom of this world. Nebuchadnezzar's dream, it causes him to see a huge statue. And each part of the statue is made of different materials. So the head is made of gold, the chest and arms of silver, the belly and thighs of bronze. It's got legs of iron and feet of iron and clay. And Daniel interprets this dream of this statue. And those parts, they represent different kingdoms. Of course, the head, the top of it, the the head of gold is King Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. And verse 37 just flatters the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. You are the God of heaven, who, is, who God has given um, dominion and power and might and glory to you. In your hands he has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds in the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them. You are that head of God. What a great start to this dream. Like, at this point, Nebuchadnezzar must be feeling great about himself. But then the next verse comes. After you, another kingdom will come. Your kingdom's not going to last forever. And then another kingdom will come, and then another, and another. The point is that human kingdoms rise and human kingdoms fall. They don't last forever. Great kings come and great kings go. King Nebuchadnezzar, he, he's right to be troubled by his dream. His kingdom looks like a great kingdom. He looks like a great king. His kingdom looks strong and secure, but one day it will fall. It's not going to last forever, King Nebuchadnezzar. His life of fame, of money, of people to do his bidding, his great palace is all going to come to an end. Think about our nation over the, the last couple of decades. In 2000, we had Tony Blair and his Labour government in charge. A decade later, we had that coalition government, David Cameron, Nigel Clegg. A few years after that, Theresa May took charge in the midst of a Brexit process. And now we've got Boris Johnson as Prime Minister. Uh, And one day we'll have another Prime Minister. And another. Because Prime Ministers come and Prime Ministers go. They rise and they fall. Human kingdoms rise and human kingdoms fall. And they're like my supermarket shredders. Like they look like a kingdom. They're, they smell like a kingdom. But they're not the kingdom. They're not the king of all kingdoms. But we do see the king of all kingdoms. The kingdom of God. First. 34 says this while you were watching a rock was cut out not by human hands it struck the statue on its feet and clay of iron and clay and smashed them then the iron the clay the bronze the silver the gold were all broken to pieces they became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer the wind swept them away without leaving the trace For the rock that struck the statue, it became like a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. Instead of rock in the dream, it smashes the kingdoms apart. 
and it grows into a huge mountain which covers the whole earth. And in verse 44 even, Daniel uh, interprets what this means. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This rock that becomes a huge mountain is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Human kingdoms rise, human kingdoms fall, but God's kingdom endures forever. Now if you think about mountains, uh, let's think about the greatest mountain, Mount Everest. It, It is firm, it is secure, it's not moving anywhere, and it's been around longer than you and I have ever been. And it will continue after you and I have uh, left this earth. God's kingdom is like that mountain. It it is firm, it is secure, it is established forever. It's not going to move, but it will last forever. It's an unshakable kingdom. Human kingdoms rise, human kingdoms fall, but the kingdom of God endures forever. And God's kingdom, it starts with this little rock. It starts small, but becomes huge and covers the earth. See, God's kingdom comes uh, as Jesus comes to earth uh, as a baby uh, and grows up. Uh, And as he does so, he comes into the earth uh, and he says this. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. You see, Jesus came to tell people that there is another kingdom. A different kingdom from the world around us. It is the kingdom of God. And entry into that kingdom is through Jesus. The one who gives us rest with God from our restlessness. And that kingdom will not fall. It will last forever. Revelation 11 verse 15 says the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah. And he will reign forever and ever. The pandemic we're in right now, it shows us how imperfect the kingdoms of this world are. See, different governments are trying all sorts of different things to stop it. Some things are working better than others. But if we're part of God's kingdom, we're part of a kingdom that is secure, even against COVID-19. It is a king who, whose kingdom, whose king knew it was coming before we'd ever even heard of it. And he knows when and how it will be resolved. COVID-19 may have stopped many things. It's, it stopped us from working, it stopped sport, it, it may have caused our country to go into billion pounds of debt. But you know what? God is still working. Nothing can ever stop the good news that Jesus saves and brings people into his everlasting kingdom. Nothing can stop that good news from going out. 
you watching the service online as evidence of that? Are alpha Zoom courses are, are evidence of that? Human kingdoms rise and human kingdoms fall. But the kingdom of God stands and endures forever. And so we can be like Daniel. Uh, and we can live in the calm assurance that our God is king. Even if things aren't going well in the round, world around us. Even when things seem so impossible. We can trust in our God. We can pray to our God and trust him who is king above it all. So this week, what are we going to do about this? Why don't we pray the words of the Lord's Prayer? It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Pray that God's kingdom will come upon the lives of people in hope. Upon our friends and family that, that don't know God the King. That we'd be able to speak to them about God the King. Just as Daniel speaks to King Nebuchadnezzar about God the King. And in this time of restlessness, we can rest in God. So let's pray. Let's pray that God's kingdom would come. And let's pray that he would use us as part of that prayer. And let's do it now. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, we pray. Would it come in the lives of people across Hove, across Brighton, across Sussex, across the United Kingdom and our world. Amen.